Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... Odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oddcast, Movies, Music, and Gaming. And today, uh, we're going to be going, uh, this is our minisode, basically, we're going to be Talking about stuff that we've done in the last week, um, one bit of news is that last week we said that um, Harry Cloud was going to join us uh, for this week's episode. He's actually been, unfortunately, taken ill. So uh, instead, um, we're going to uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. And recently, I finished Jedi Fallen Order, a Star Wars game. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, so yeah, Dan, uh, what did what did Harry say? What's he stick with? It's just been it's just just a bit poorly, but uh, we wish him well. Maybe maybe he was out on the tiles. It's um, uh, what's it? Thanksgiving today, isn't it? In the uh, states, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't I don't know what the tradition is, but if it's anything like Christmas here, you get trolleyed the night before. That's true as well. Um, <laughs> well, you know, every cloud. So what have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing the last week? Um, I watched, I continued watching X-Files episodes. Yes. So I'm enjoying I, these little X-Files updates. This is, I'm going to update you on like whatever the latest one is that I've seen. And mm. I've, I've reached a milestone because I just watched the last episode of season five, right. which is called The End. Right. Um, so then obviously it went on to the film at that point. Okay. So this was like the cliffhanger for the movie and then also you know think things changed a lot i think season six didn't they after the movie yeah well didn't so Dukovny like, leave 
I know. He, well, he definitely that's left later. For like, at some point, but yeah. I think that's what later. Happened? This film was the one. Was it the one that was called "Fight the Future"? Yes. Right, with the bees. The only bit I remember is the scene with the bees. That was basically the only bit of action in the entire like two-hour film. <laughs> if I remember rightly. I'm trying to remember as well, but I remember being a bit disappointed with it, and that it seemed really confusing and seemed to retcon some ideas and concepts. It brought some things back, like the bees, which was good. Mm. But anyway, let's not talk about that because I haven't watched that. Okay. But um, I've watched this episode and it's the one where they introduce this boy called Gibson, who's like a chess prodigy. Gibson. Yes, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, See, um, okay, so no, go on. Yeah. Do you remember him? It's yeah, like, I vaguely. Glasses and, uh, yeah, I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember him. And there's this line in it where they're like, he could be the key to everything in the X-Files. You're like, wow, that's exciting and dramatic. Then you're like, what does that mean? It's a completely meaningless statement. <laughs> and they used it to market the episode as well. And um, it's like, he's not going to be the answer to every, he's not going to be the answer to what's the Jersey Devil or yeah. what's that fucking space face thing that came out of the, <laughs> out of the moon. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's some clunky writing in there and Kind of, it, it does feel like a transitional thing. Like it's not that satisfying. Exciting things happen and it progresses some ideas, but mm. I didn't, it's not that great as an episode. I did. Um, and it introduced that character, um, Diana, I think she's called. Yeah, she becomes a big deal later on. Yeah, know. she's like Mulder's old flame or something. And you kind of look and you're like, she's a bit old. Well, she is old. She's the it. one that went out with, um, as in the actual actress, I can't remember her name. She's famous. She went out with Tom Cruise during his period of celibacy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I always remember her for. Is that um, Mimi Rogers? That's it, Mimi Rogers. Um, but yeah, she was like, you know, a bit of a hot, hot thing. But yeah, by that point, she was already a little bit. She's she's a little bit older back then. She's like a little bit old there. God, yeah. I don't know what she looks like now, but um, yeah, that's what I remember her for. I think it's her anyway. So that was, uh, I watched a few films. Yeah, what did you watch? I watched Rawhead Rex. God, have you heard of that? Is. No. It's one of those films that I remember seeing in the video shop and always wanting to watch. Right. Um, it's like a mid-80s horror film, you know, with, with everything that that entails, you know. It's a little bit cheesy, um, but there's some, there's some good effects, some bad effects. Yeah. It's... It was good. I mean, it was bad, but it was. I enjoyed it. Um, it's written okay. by Clive Barker. Oh, okay. Yeah. How um, is the fame? Yeah, set in Ireland. Right. So already, it's like it's like rural Ireland, and it's all like about the church, and you think oh, like a demon's probably been raised or something. And then the first time you see the monster, Rawhead. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's so incongruous. There's all these like old farmhouses and like toothless peasants and things. Yeah. And it looks like something from Masters of the Universe, <laughs> like a transdimensional alien warrior. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks really, really strange. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it was funny. It was kind of awful. It had that really cheesy ending of like, it's dead. And then like, just a scene later, it like popped out of a, out of a grave. Oh, <laughs> da, da, da. Jesus. I read... Clive Barker was disappointed because um, he said the design of the monster explicitly was supposed to be a nine-foot phallus. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of killed. 
it's killed by female fertility because it's kind of meant to be like an old like pagan god or something. Okay. So they kill it. <laughs> it's great. The, the guy's trying to use this like amulet thing that looks like a, a pagan woman old model thing right. and then his wife picks it up and suddenly it's like becomes <laughs> so like glowing and there's all these like rays shooting everywhere and he's like it had to be a woman <laughs> <laughs> had to be you <laughs> right. uh, a woman and they were horrible they were both really ugly like central couple and mm. they kept flaunting their like sexual aspect of their relationship in quite an awkward way so that's not sexy. That's just really gross. Lovely. How old were they? Is that interesting? Like 45. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Entertaining film, but quite bad film. Um, right. And then I, I watched another it. one. Tourist Trap. You heard of that? No, I don't think so. It does sound vaguely familiar, but... It's a late 70s... Pretty much a chainsaw massacre kind of ripoff. No, um, it was kind of cool. What was strange about it was that you know it's got like the teenagers go to you know car breaks down all that mm. rubbish. Um, but basically, like whoever's doing the killing isn't they're not just like a psychopath. They actually have some supernatural powers, right? So that was quite an unusual angle, I thought. Um, they they had telekinetic powers. Right. Because you're like, how are they doing all this? Is he like rigged the house to... There's all these like mannequins and models. It's very creepy. Uh, and then it was revealed later, no, he can just move stuff around with his power of thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great bit where like one of the, guy, the teenagers is like chained up and he drops some keys and he's just like, while the guy's distracted, he's like inching to, to grab them. Mm. He's going to get them. And then slowly, they just get moved slowly, slowly out of his reach. That's good. That is really yeah. good. Quite good. But you're kind of like, they can't really, it kind of removes a bit of the dramatic tension, right? Because you're like, this guy can just do, do anything. Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> that's like, that's like with every like Superman thing or whatever. Um, it's like, well, there's no like, what's the point when you're just like completely invulnerable? Yeah. To everything. It's ridiculous. That's why people say Hulk Hogan was uh, so good, actually. Because despite being larger than life, he showed a lot of vulnerability in his matches. <laughs> <laughs> he knew how to sell. Hollywood Hulk. Um, um, yeah, but it was, I'd, I'd recommend watching it, actually. I think you might enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds like someone would like. Uh, just just from hero. a... Yeah, it's not great, but I think just from a perspective of analysing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. And the last thing I want to show you, yeah, I've got this on the desk. I um, a little Hulk Hogan sort of segue. In 1992, yes, <laughs> this guy. I collected the complete set of all the uh, Gold Series WWF collector cards, right? That nice. came out around the time of SummerSlam, and I've had them in the box. And I bought a, a binder on eBay. Oh, one of those and, card uh, binders. I love those. Yeah, can you see, can you see that? Yeah, I can. Yeah, put them all in here. That's great. We did that for so many. What was the one we did? Loads. We did random X Files. Like, we did X Files. Yeah, um, we did like Mars Attacks or something as well. Didn't oh, yeah, because we? we were like, what's cheap? I think Mars Attacks had just come out. That's really good. Fucking hell, mate! They're pretty pristine. 
I found these as well. I had a load of uh, Turtles ones. That's a good one. From 1990. Fucking hell, mate. They're probably worth a little bit now. Yeah, I had a look because there's three I haven't got. So I joined a UK um, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles buy, sell and trade group on uh, Facebook. Because mm. I've got a stack of um, spares as well. And I thought someone will want to just like trade maybe the three that I don't have. Yeah. And um, But to join it, you have to answer... Uh, who's your favourite turtle? <laughs> and then you have to answer this question. What does it say? If the turtles rule, then the foot, dot, dot, dot. Mm. And I don't know. Well, so the they f- won't let me join the fucking group. Well, the, the foot is what the what his henchman was called, Shredder's henchman. Yeah. And I, I remember that. If the turtles rule, then the foot are fools? I don't know. It's like a quote from something, I guess, but... So, yeah, if anyone's listening and they're a Turtles fan, if you know the answer, can you let me know? If the Turtles rule, the foot drool. (laughs) Fall? It annoys me because it's like, get the idea. Can't you just just say... I don't know. Just go in and go, I've got some cards, just let me in, fuck's sake. Why this Uh, gatekeeping on your precious fucking turtle shit? It's stupid, right? Because I'm a person who isn't that into turtles and I've got some old 1990 <laughs> turtle stuff and I'd rather give it to you guys than put it on eBay. Yeah, and you're not letting me but, do it. There was that... Um, um, that's so fucking shit, isn't it? Like, yeah, I sent you that thing this week where it was like on Reddit, which made me laugh, which was the, um, <laughs> Some guy said... That was good. He put up on the Nirvana Reddit... I go on Reddit quite a lot these days, actually. Um, probably not the best place to be. But um, <laughs> Nirvana posted something like, I've just learned how to play guitar and I want to like do my own songs, but I want to use Drain You chords. Drain You being the Nirvana song, but I think people don't know. I want to use the Drain You chords. What sequence do you recommend I do it without ripping it off or whatever? <laughs> and I went, I just replied, what a strange question. <laughs> and he was like, what an unhelpful answer, you fucking rude git or something like that. <laughs> And then I wrote back and gave like a massive long answer as to like, <laughs> like what he could do and songwriting and trying to like answer this ridiculous question for him. And he was like, oh, thanks a lot. As I said, I'm only just starting to learn guitar. It's like fucking, what did you signed off, didn't you? I signed off yours. A rude, a rude git. Yeah. Unhelpful rude git. <laughs> he's like, he didn't nice. apologise, did he? No, he didn't oh, apologise. sorry. Um, I just, I was just like, it's so fucking, I just hate the internet. I really do hate it. Everything about it. And that's why we're streaming stuff on Twitch. Um, <laughs> so, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, I, what have I been up to? I've um, completed Jedi Order, hence why we're going to be talking about it. Um, I watched a couple of films. I watched uh, Dark Water, uh, not the, um, actually, I don't even know if it's actually called Dark Water. I've written it down like that. I think it is. But not the um, Japanese horror film or the remake thereof. It was um, the Mark Ruffalo film that came out last year about um, people in America will probably know more about it than we will. Um, I had only heard little bits and pieces about it. But basically, they had been, there'd been a town in wherever in America and they'd been putting like, the shit they make like Teflon out of and just running it into like the local water supply. Um, and everyone was just like getting sick and dying and having like fucked up babies and stuff. 
it's a true story. And this guy was like for like 15 years or something, just trying to like battle it. And it's basically that kind of, um, that story. It's like two hours, 20 minutes or something. It's quite long. Um, but it was good, but it's one of those films where you're just like, that's really fucked up. And I'm glad I know about it. But at the same time, um, I was like, well, it's just that thing of like, it's just stuff happening. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I think one thing... You didn't get thing, drawn into the, like, the fights of Little Man versus well, that's how they, America. that's how they kind of frame it, right? And they spend a lot of time on the build-up, but there's just yeah. not really much of a payoff. So it jumps forward a lot in time quite a fair bit. And basically, and spoiler, if you're going to watch it, even though it's true, it's in the news and it happened. But towards the end, basically, he's able to make them say okay, if you get enough data on the residents or whatever, and it's proof that um, it's been harmful, then we will cover their fucking medical expenses for like forever or ever up to like, I don't know, like a $200 million or whatever, some, some number. And um, so anyway, like they fight for this for so long and so many people turned up because they were given like $500 just to give like some blood or whatever to do some tests. So many people turned up. It took like 10 years or something, not that long, but it did take like five years or something to go through all the data. And they're like, oh, we've just got, this is the biggest um, anthropomorphic, whatever it's it's called. I don't know what that word is. Anthropological. Anthropological, whatever, yeah. um, Survey that has ever been tested on the human race or something stupid. Um, It's like 64,000 people or whatever. And they were like, yeah, and it looks like it does actually have a harmful effect. So he's like, yes, I've won. I've done it. I've done it for these people. And then um, he basically, then the kind of, it's starting to come to the end and he goes out for like a meal to celebrate. And then they call him up and they're like, oh, yeah, they're basically the company's like backtracking and all this stuff and X, Y, Z. And he's like, you know, I can't believe it. I've got to this point. And they're still trying to like fuck me over and fuck these people over. Obviously not swearing. And it's like, oh, and you're like thinking, oh, okay, here we go. So he, and then it's like, it gets into the court and you're like, okay, it's going to be the court battle. And he basically stands up and says something. And then the rest of it is um, credits. The rest of it is just like, for the next five years, Thingy was able to appeal this, 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 and got X million right. dollars and it was settled out of court. And, whatever. and I'm like, but that's the, that's the interesting stuff. Like, so he won. Why have you ended it like that? Like this big, like, oh, I failed. And then it's like, it's like, you know, like in the original animated Lord of the Rings where it just ends because they ran out of money. It's so, like, I've not seen it. You've not seen the original animated Lord of the Rings? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No, and I haven't seen The Lord of the Rings either. <sighs> By um, Peter Jackson. What's his name? Yeah, I've seen his. I think I've seen his best work though. I've seen Brain Dead and Bad Taste. <laughs> You'd um, like it, so. like well, okay. Well, hold on. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's three things going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so, firstly, um, all right. Firstly, Lord of the Rings, the animated one, which I'm very surprised you've never seen because it is visually incredible. It's all animated. Yeah, and what happened is they were going to do the whole of Lord of the Rings. It's where like the whole like the ring wraiths and all this stuff, all that style, all that visual shit that happened in the films. Even though you've not seen them, you're probably aware of it. Ring um, wraiths. Oh, shut Sounds, up! You know, I, don't, I you honestly seen, don't like, know a trailer or something. You're aware of what? They, but anyway, it comes. I don't, like, <laughs> ring race sounds like a sequel to Human Centipede. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dan! <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. The ring wraiths. The base. Right, whatever. They, it was all taken, a lot of the Peter Jackson stuff, especially in the first one, Fellowship. Was, have you read the books? No. Books are good, actually. Though they go, it gets a little bit too into the detail of what, the, what like, the hills of Blah Blah Valley look like. Um, <laughs> classic Tolkien shit. Anyway, the original animated Lord of the Rings, right, which influenced Peter Jackson's one as well, in terms of, like, even some scenes are exactly the same. The animated one, which was made in the fucking 70s or whatever, they ran out of money. So they got, they tried to do the first book, Fellowship. They got about near the end or whatever, halfway through. They were going to do all three books, three films, whatever. And they ran out of money. So halfway through, it just kind of ends with this like big um, battle kind of starting. And then it just like cuts and that's it. It just kind of ends. So uh, it's, it's quite funny. So hence, it's a very abrupt ending. Yeah. That's what made me think of Dark Water, because in Dark Water, it just ends. It just ended with that little thing of like, he won all these cases. And you're like, why the fuck didn't I see that? Why are you showing me all this shit beforehand? And now it's like, oh, we've run out of time, actually. Or like, we don't want it to go any further than like two hours. That was really annoying, but it was quite interesting. And you should watch the Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings shit anyway. The first one, Fellowship of the Ring was really good because it was real. Then he was basically like, you know what? I can do a lot no, of this I stuff. I think it was real. As in like, he used practical effects. And no, then... Right. I was going to say, you know, it's, it's not... It didn't really real. happen. Yeah, Middle Earth. <laughs> <coughs> Historical period drama. You don't know. The you don't know. There's a, fan, there's a fantasy out there. There's a universe out there, a parallel dimension where all this stuff actually happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, he basically turned around and was like, I can do a lot of this stuff, you know, with old CG now. I don't have to do it practically. And yeah, then he just went, sad. went off on one. Fellowship, what the first one is the best one. I think you'd actually like that a lot. Okay. And, well, a, and there's some, that. and you know, like his kind of visual style, especially in like, yeah, brain dead and all this. Yeah. Um, all that horror stuff, 
he pulls into Fellowship. So when you're actually watching oh. Fellowship, there's some elements where you're like, this is like horror film stuff, but people don't realise it. Um, yeah. It's good. You should watch it. I can't believe it's Lord of the Rings. It's about a million years old. Um, God fucking hell. Anyway, so I watched Dark Water at the end of all that. It was all right. It was okay. If you've not, if you don't know anything about that, water story of how like these companies affect people one thing it did end on actually which i'll just quick, quickly say is it, it comes up with this stat and it said 99 percent of the human race have this have traces of this shit in their body it has infiltrated the water supply to such a degree that 99 percent of humans have this fucking teflon shit in their body in some way shape or form and i was like what <laughs> like and then apparently there's like 300 what are called like forever blah, blahs or whatever that are unregulated that are put into like the, our drinking supply and stuff um, that, yeah, we just don't know anything about. Um, anyway, it sounds like... Um, Outrageous. Conspiracy bullshit, but it, just, it was at the end of this film, so I was like, that's interesting. But now after you've you seen that, it, I've, like, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that before. It's ringing a bell. Yeah. I think um, my dad said something about it. He was outraged. Yeah, it's awful. It's really bad. Oh, mm. that's that's the, that's the ones we know about um 1210 to paris i think it's called have you seen this clint eastwood film know about this uh, about no this? i haven't no um so it was it's based on um the real life event of when a train going from uh, berlin to paris or whatever um a terrorist got on board and was gonna blow the train up but he was stopped by three American guys, two of which were like ex-soldiers, well, actually not ex-soldiers. They were on a break, on leave. Um, and they tackled the guy and stopped him, right? So it's a true story. Mm. I remember, it, I don't know if you remember, it was in the papers. It was, there was a whole thing about it. Clint Eastwood has done the film of it, right? And what he's done is he's cast the three actual people who did it as the actors, what do you think? First, what do you think about that? Firstly, he's cast. Hang on, <laughs> he's cast them as themselves. Yes. Um, impressed, I suppose. My initial, <laughs> but now I'm increasingly thinking, oh, that could go wrong. That could go quite wrong. Yeah, and it three does, it untrained, does unprofessionals <laughs> on set. <laughs> it goes really wrong. Um, to be fair, the main guy in it, this bald guy. Um, is the best out of the three, thank God, because the other two are just awful. But everything's just, like, stilted. Everything's horrible. Like, obviously, they just have no sense of what it is to be an actor. But the bald guy does do the best that he can. And I didn't think he was as bad as um, what I thought he might be. But he was, um, yeah, so they're in that. And it's quite... Because they give basically, they build up each of their like lives to that point. And it's like, okay, but they intercut it with what's happening on the train. So, um, you know, it kind of jumps to and fro. And I quite liked it, but it got to the point when it actually got to the bit where they're like apprehending the terrorist, that stuff was pretty good. Like, it was actually like there was like a sense of like actual urgency. And obviously, they've been like throughout the stuff that like hinting at what's like he does, like. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he was using they talk about him trying to learn the chokehold which he uses on the terrorist later on with all this bullshit um, but there's bits where he's like the terrorist like had a knife and he's like stabbing the guy at the back of the head like trying to like hurt him and get him off him and he had like a fucking AK and all this stuff and 
they shot he shot a guy and all this and um it's pretty brutal and so that final i want to say that 20 minutes i was like okay this has actually been slightly worth it it got absolutely like slammed by critics and stuff for good reason to be fair but um i didn't think it was as bad as i thought it would be and what is weird is that when they do the end bit and they've got the prime minister of france whoever it was at that time um not macron but whoever it was and um uh they had maybe it was um they show the footage the intercut footage they filmed yeah with the actual news footage of them getting like mm. mended and um and that was weird because then you're because then you realize it suddenly like clicks into place we are like oh yeah of course they actually did it like that's actually them getting an award for what they did um it's really strange but uh yeah um, Intriguing. Yeah, it's, it's a strange idea. I don't think it worked, but you know, whatever. And then the, what else have I done? Um, I listened to Melvin Stagg, obviously, for the uh, um, for what was going to be this episode. Um, and save your thoughts. Save it. I was anything about that. And uh, I played a little bit of Battlefield Five, which is a war game. I think this one's set in World War Two. Though I get so confused about what's set where these days. Um, and I just realised as I was playing it, I was like. I'm so bored of doing like the stealthy, like when it's like, make your way to this place. Shh. I'm like, I, can't, I just want to fucking shoot stuff. Yeah. Run, shoot some things. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. Um, and yeah, I've just been like legging it across maps, like just shooting people. And I, and I was just like, I don't want to play this. Like I'm bored. And I think that's why I quite like <clears throat> the Call of Duty ones better. Yeah. Because... I know it's like quite cheesy to say, and it's like, you know, like teenage boys, wet dream kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, this is trying to get you into situations where you, and it has like stealth sections or whatever, but it doesn't try to be so open. And I think that's my problem sometimes with like Battlefield. And with a lot of open games is that um, it's just too open. Like I was listening to um, these guys talk about Metal Gear Solid 2, and saying how, you know, the runtime's like whatever it is, like 10, 12 hours or something. And all this stuff happens. And I'm like, yeah, it's so tight. Like it's so um, considered and everything. And beat by beat, you know, a lot of these games, especially at that point, um, they were long, but not too long. Um, and they all, and you felt like there was a lot like packed into that time. Whereas a lot of this stuff with the open world games these days, I'm just like faffing around and everything's spread out. So look at these massive worlds that you're kind of riding and going across and doing all these missions and you can choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like you can do whatever you want and go do a side mission or go do this and go do that and do what you feel like. And for a lot of the time, I'm just like, can't be bothered. Just give me like, you tell me what I should be doing. Like <laughs> you feel the game director, just point me in the way I have to go and I'll just do it because that's what I want the best experience. I don't just want to, I don't want to always decide things for myself. Um, and I don't, that's what I feel like with Battlefield. So I started playing it and I was like, I might just not play it. I can't be bothered. Um, freedom of choice is what you got. Freedom from <laughs> choice is what you want. That's true. That's a bit of Devo. Wise words. Um, so that's all I did. So I guess that's it for the Minnesota today. Well, I watched something else. Oh, when you were talking about Dark Waters, it reminded mm. me. I thought it was really cool that you'd enjoy. An episode of Storyville that just happened to be on. Okay, which one? I like Storyville. Mm. It's always good quality, kind of compelling documentaries about all kinds of things, right? Yeah. And this was about 
I've never heard of it. A uh, plane jacking that occurred in Portland. Mm. Um, and the guy got on the plane under the name D.B. Cooper. Okay. Well, so he's like peaks. a folk legend. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. Cooper. Oh, I think uh, I know this. I think I've heard this story. No, go, sorry, go on. Um, well, he basically he successfully got two... I'd, ask, I'd have asked for more money. Got $200,000. Um, he went on with two sticks of dynamite and a bomb and basically said, uh, yeah, I want $200,000 waiting for me at such and such airport. And uh, yeah, he plane landed, let all the people off, got his money, and then carry on flying. We're going down to Mexico. And at some point, he just uh, jumped out with a parachute with all the money. And they've never been able to solve it. And a few years ago, the FBI formally closed the case uh, as unsolved. Um, But it looked at the kind of like, there's four main suspects. Yeah. And it kind of looked at the case for each of them. um, Whilst whilst interjecting those into the story of how the um, the, the hijacking took place. Mm-hmm. So that was quite a cool way of doing it. Yeah, I think I heard um, that from, uh, you know, the uh, Stuff You Should Know podcast. Oh, yeah. I think um, it was from that. Um, but yeah, I only, I don't know any of the specific stuff, just that vague, weird story that, yeah, this guy just actually disappeared and with this money. And they don't even know how he how he did it or whatever. No, they don't. They, and but what's cool is that um, they spoke to this guy who wrote a book about it, who actually managed to get access to the FBI archives. Mm. And he said he went in there and he was like, you know, no disrespect to them, but I kind of thought this is it. I'm going to find the uh, piece of evidence that cracks this case because I'm willing to dedicate all my time to this. And he said he opened up all the files and he was just like, oh crap. Mm. There's just like thousands and thousands of pieces of. Um, evidence from people that have claimed to be bb cooper Brilliant. and he was like there's just there's just too much of like a a deluge of false uh accusations yeah. and and false leads and he became like a folk hero to a lot of people because apparently at the time i think a lot of people had been made unemployed mm-hmm. in portland right. and you, they've got like um interviews like archive interviews from the news of like these guys just kind of going yeah he went in he did what he got to do and he you know and I respect the man. <laughs> it reminds yeah. me of, um, oh God, what was it? I was going to say. Um, I don't know. Forget it. I've lost, my, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? The fact that he got on the, <laughs> he got on the plane with money, disappeared. Got on the plane with a bomb, stole the money. Stole the money. Got the ransom. Oh, that was it. I was, was going to say, it reminds me of, because um, recently... Um, the uh, what's it? That serial killer died. What was his name? Oh. Um, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, the what's it killer? Whatever. Anyway, fine. One of our like not the Yorkshire pasty killer. Yes, the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, oh, the real, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. He died, and they were like they had interviewed. Like the police had interviewed him like four or five times. They had like his car number plate and all this stuff. And because there was no computers or anything to process all this stuff, it was just papers and the police just didn't know what to do. And apparently they had to, in the local police station, wherever it was, they had to get builders in to reinforce the floor of the police station because they had so many boxes full of paper just sitting (laughs) in a room and they just couldn't organize it. Like that was, they just literally 
did not have sufficient people, resources or system that could go through his information. So that's why this guy was left to just fucking keep killing, even though he was getting interviewed and doing Terrible. whatever, just because there was, there was no one, there's nothing really in place. And yeah, I think there was a judge who said that the police just done fucked up basically for that. These this guy, they've got the cig- they had the cigarette butts because he smoked some ciggies on the plane. Oh, really? And so now they're like, DNA. well, we can DNA test. They've, they've gone missing. So that's suspicious, isn't it? Brilliant. It was Jamie. And, it was Jamie and the fingerprints as well. Fingerprints have gone missing. They dusted for his fingerprints and they've gone missing. Oh, someone knows what they're doing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, cool. That was interesting, actually. Okay, fine. Let's, uh, we'll wrap up this minisode and then we'll go into our talk on Jedi Fallen Order. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 